Hi there, this is the Reverend Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire. And this is Love to Tell the Story. Most of us, I think it's safe to say, are seekers. Each one of us looking for that which gives life its purpose, its meaning, and its truth. And that almost always involves, in one way or another, a search for God. Which is what makes it all the more amazing to realize that as we're seeking God, it turns out that God is seeking us. That's the spiritual truth that's at the heart of today's message. It's based on Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 through 23, and it's entitled, God's Search for You. It is probably safe for me to say that, at heart, most of us are seekers. Whether it's for something tangible like, say, financial security or personal achievement, or that which is a little more difficult to define, matters of purpose and truth in life, on some level or another, we're all looking for something. And the truth is, is that many of us are very intense about the search. I'm reminded, for instance, of a young man I knew back in college. His name was Steve, and he was actually one of the editors of the student newspaper where I worked on campus for a couple of years. Really nice guy, as I recall, and very, very bright. But in fact, what I remember the most about Steve is that he was the quintessential seeker. Steve, you see, had a tendency to choose philosophies the way other people choose between melons in the produce aisle of the supermarket. He would take some idea or another, pick it up, squeeze it, poke it, thump it, hold it up to the light, whatever it took, and then would weigh it against other ideas and he would literally catalog all of his particular virtues and drawbacks before setting it aside and then moving on to the next idea or proposition, which in turn would undergo the same kind of intensive scrutiny. But you see, the thing was, is that whatever philosophy Steve happened to be exploring at any given time, he, while he was exploring it, he was totally into it talking to everyone and anyone who would listen and a few who would not about this incredible new truth he'd found. And ultimately this would go on for a week or two until he would discover some new truth that interestingly enough would be radically different than the one he had espoused before. No matter what the subject was, friends, politics, religion, science, Star Wars versus Star Trek. It was all the same, friends. Steve was actually one of the few people I have ever met in my life who moved from being a, to a, a Republican to a Democrat to a Libertarian and all the way back again. And he did it in the course of a single semester. Now, of course, thinking back on it, I realized, like so many others who are in their young adult years, Steve was just 
engaged in a search. A search for some ultimate meaning in life. To figure out what it all means. And and in that, to find some group or cause or community that embodied that meaning. Some place where he could belong. Some place where he felt welcome. Some place where he felt in close company. Though I am not sure, at least in the short time that I knew him, that after all was said and done, he ever actually found it. In the end, I suspect that Steve became rather disenchanted with all those philosophies that he disseminated. In fact, I remember at one point in our senior year, him walking up to me in that newsroom at the main campus and saying, you know what, I've decided something. And I said, what's that, Steve? And he said, I have decided that all life really amounts to are people getting together in little bunches so each bunch can say, here we are and ain't we something. He had a point there, but I digress. But you see, that's the thing about being a seeker, isn't it? A whole lot of the time you're groping about in the darkness for that which you can't even begin to name, much less understand. And even if from time to time you are able to take hold of something that might seem great at the moment, oftentimes it turns out to be far less of a beacon of light than it first appeared. And when that happens, well, then you end up back on the search. You're out there seeking, seeking something else, seeking something more, seeking something you know for sure is out there. Somewhere. Like I said before, at heart, we're all seekers. So isn't it interesting that even as we're out there seeking, it turns out that ours is a God who is also seeking. And the good news is that God is searching for you. For me, for us all. Now, this is a truth that in all honesty we don't often consider, am I right? Most of the time we tend to think of a search for the spiritual in terms of our own journeys of faith. And scripture does tend to bear this out. After all, along with it serving as our singular account of God's action amongst his people, the Bible is also the story of how those people sought out, responded to, and entered into a relationship with God. It begins with God's call to Abraham, and it it includes the followers of Jesus himself. But that said, writes William Willimon, it still remains that the Bible is ultimately not so much a long record of our search for God, rather it is the amazing account of the extraordinary lengths to which God will go to search for us. Think about that with me for a moment. And for instance, consider the Christmas story. It is interesting to, to note here that, and we're just finishing the season, so this is kind of fresh on our minds, that for all of our Advent waiting and watching for the coming of a Messiah, 
in the end, that story is unfolds not so much in our seeking out and finding this holy child as it is God setting everything in heaven and on earth in motion so that he could be discovered. <coughs> the star at its rising, the angel's announcement to Mary, Joseph having this divinely inspired dream that changed his life forever, the heavenly hosts who appear to shepherds and proclaim a good news that had come into the world, all of this, you see, came about by God's intent, through God's action. It was not, you see, that we were seeking and found God, but rather that God, by God's own choosing, sought and found us. Amazing. It's no coincidence, I think, that when John begins his gospel, he starts by talking about light. Light that shines in the very darkness in which we as a people are always blindly groping for God. He says it is the true light that gives light to every man coming into the world. Well, it's that story that is continuing in our text for this morning. Matthew's account of the beginnings of Jesus' ministry and the calling of the first disciples. Now, what's interesting about this particular version of the story, as, as Joyce shared it with us this morning, is that once, well, is how really immediately and intentionally it all unfolds. In other words, once that ministry has begun, Jesus isn't sitting back or waiting for word to spread about him or his preaching. Nor, when he settles in Capernaum, does he hang out a shingle and wait for his followers to simply stumble upon him. We're told that Jesus goes forth, he seeks out, and he calls out to those local fishermen, Simon and Andrew, later on, James and John. And he says to them, as we said and sung earlier, follow me and I will make you fish for people. Now, you know the story. No sooner than these four had dropped their nets to go with him, Jesus went throughout Galilee, wasting no time at all to proclaim the good news of the kingdom, teaching the people at every opportunity, healing the sick. What we find is that from the very beginning, with Jesus' every word and act and touch, more and more people joined in the following. And not so much now, because they were searching, although that was part of it, I suppose, because, again, like all of us, these people were also searching for something meaningful in their lives, though they didn't really always understand what. But even more likely, it was because suddenly and without warning, they had been found. Jesus had found them. Somehow, this man Jesus had found a way to bring these people out of darkness, this darkness in which they had long been mired, bringing them into the good and warm light that is life, a life that is full and abundant and eternal. Now, as I said that, I'm sure you're thinking, well, yes, that's the whole reason Jesus came, isn't it? 
for he is the Savior. He is the very embodiment of God. He is the one who came to seek and save the lost. Why do you think that Jesus told that story about the shepherd who went to such great lengths out in the wilderness to find just one? One sheep, by the way, out of a hundred. I mean, why else would Jesus compare the kingdom of God to a woman who literally tore her house apart in search of one single lost coin? Who would even do that? In the Jesus of the Gospels, you see, we encounter a God who constantly is seeking us out, who reaches into the dark places where we dwell and who grabs us, pulls us up, puts our feet on a new pathway. Because what we have here, friends, is a God who will not relent in his search for us until we are found. And I don't know about you, friends, but as I continue muddling about in this life, I am very grateful for that search. You know, sometimes I feel a whole lot like Charlie Brown, you know? <laughs> there was a Peanuts comic strip from years ago in which Charlie Brown is sitting at Lucy's ever-present five-cent psychology booth. And she says, life is like a deck chair, Charlie Brown. On the cruise ship of life, some people place their deck chair at the rear of the ship so they can see where they have been. Others place the deck chair at the front of the ship so they can see where they're going. And at this point, Dr. Lucy looks squarely at a puzzled Charlie Brown and asks, which way is your deck chair facing, Charlie Brown? And without hesitation, Charlie sighs and replies glumly, I can't even get my deck chair unfolded. <laughs> Gotta tell you, folks, there are times when I know exactly, exactly how that feels. And I suspect that you do, too. There are a whole lot of times and circumstances, we were kind of talking about this with, with the girls today, when life is rich and rewarding for us in so many ways. You know, all's for the best in this, the best of all possible worlds. But then there are moments when life for us ends up feeling flat and empty and lacking. Maybe those things in which we have placed so much of our time and energy and spirit have not ended up yielding the sense of fulfillment that we were so longing for. Or perhaps the difficulties and challenges that life brings has confused and complicated the issue of what it all means for us. Truth be told, maybe we're just in a place in our lives where nothing seems to make a whole lot of sense at all. So once again, when that happens, we find ourselves searching, searching for the ultimate meaning in our lives trying to figure it all out, but not having a whole lot of success at it. I don't know, it could be that you come here to church this morning hoping that something, something will be said or sung or done here that might just help you find what you have been looking for. 
Maybe something that looks or sounds or feels like God. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning that even as we are desperately figuring out where to look, we can rejoice because even as we are desperately seeking God, it turns out that God has just as intently been seeking us. And what's more, and here's the thing, the truth is is that God has already found us. The problem for so many of us, friends, is that we just haven't realized we've been found. I mean, all the signs are there. We've already been called. There's a voice saying, follow me, I'll make you fishers of people. It's just that for whatever reason, we haven't noticed. The fact is, we need to pay attention. I mean, who's to say, after all, that the very fact that you're here on this particularly after-the-storm winter morning ended up being more about more than the fact there's an annual meeting happening today or a potluck after church. Who's to say that it wasn't because God somehow in some way was calling you here, pushing you out of bed this morning, needling you, coaxing out of a warm bed in an old movie? It could be at this very moment, right now, God is trying to get through to you and wants you to pay attention. William Willimon again. He says, notice those little coincidences in your life, those strange happenings, those thoughts that you have difficulty putting into the context of other thoughts. Perhaps all of this is part of God's continuing attempts at enticement. That's an interesting thought. God's trying to entice us. So, Willimon concludes, keep looking over your shoulder as you go through life. Keep being attentive to the strange little things, the the odd, glorious things that happen to you. That could be a sign that God's long search is over and that you've been found. One night some years ago, I happened to be on an errand at our friendly neighborhood Walmart. And as I was searching for my item... I hear a bellowing voice coming from the center aisle. Hey, you guys! Where are you? (laughs) Now that made me uh, take notice. And when I turned to see where the voice was coming from, I discovered that its source was a tiny four-year-old boy with very powerful lungs. And over and over again, he kept yelling to that someone special out in the store. Hey, you guys, where'd you go? Where are you? Now, I was just about to go over and ask if I could help when I saw that one of the store employees came right over to do just that. And when the boy explained that he was looking for his mother and father, what this woman said in response struck a chord with me at the time, and I've never forgot it. It was very simple, but it said everything. She said to this little boy, well, you better come with me then, because I have a feeling that your mom and dad are busy looking for you. Well, let me ask you something today, beloved. Are you out there looking for God? Have you been searching for the kind of meaning and purpose in life that only God can provide? Have you been crying out for an answer? 
Because if you are, and maybe you are, I want you to know that God's been busy looking for you, too. Because right now, right now, our God in the person of Jesus Christ and in the movement of his Holy Spirit is actively seeking you out to bring you into his warm embrace, to call you o'er the tumults of life's wild, restless sea, calling you forth so that you might follow him where he's going. God is searching for you. I know he's been searching for me. But maybe this is the day. Maybe this is the time if we truly, sincerely, and prayerfully take notice that we'll be found. I hope and pray that God's search for you this day will be fruitful. And may our thanks be to God. Amen and amen. And that's the message entitled, God's Search for You. It was recorded during our January the 26th service of worship at East Congregational Church. As always, if you're looking for a place to worship, we'd love to have you at East Church. Our worship happens every Sunday at 10 o'clock in the morning at the church on 51 Mountain Road in Concord, New Hampshire. And I know that if you come, you will most certainly be made to feel welcome the moment you walk in the door and I'd enjoy having the opportunity to greet you in person. And with that, we're at the end of another episode of Love to Tell the Story. This is Michael Lowry. I thank you for listening, and I thank you for your continued support of this podcast. And in that regard, I'd love to hear from you. You can do that by leaving a message on the podcast page. Just push the message button that's there. Or you can contact me on our Love to Tell the Story Facebook page. I'd welcome your comments about the podcast. I'd love to hear your stories, so be in touch. And until next time, may God bless you with a great day. Talk to you soon.